Uh, it's like it's like a drink of cool water, isn't it? A breath of fresh air. Psalm 8. My first experience in praying the Psalms was when I was a student at uh, Harding University, and we had a prayer enrichment seminar. Albert Lemons came. Do you remember that, Woody? Albert Lemons came and did, uh, I don't know, multiple sessions uh, training us young, eager students how to pray. Uh, he had one session, uh, and it was praying through the Psalms. And so what uh, uh, Dr. Lemons did was he took 13 Psalms, sections of them, and he led us in prayer by using these Psalms. And I was so excited. I, I thought, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. So I went home, and I said, I'm going to start praying the Psalms. So I, I took my, my Bible, and I underlined all the prayable parts of Psalms. By that I mean all the things that I wanted to pray, that I thought would make good <laughs> prayers. And so I did that. You know, and, and of course, they're all you know, hymns and thanksgiving. And, you know, and, and there's a lot of that. And so uh, I've got it all underlined, and I did. I would just pray through the Psalms, praying the underlying portions. That was my, that was my beginning. But you've probably figured out life is not one mountaintop experience after another. That's just not where we live. And the Psalms are to be prayed throughout the whole journey. The Psalms give us a vocabulary for prayer. They teach us how to be honest when we talk to God, to be honest about everything going on in our life. And so as you pray the Psalms, you will express every conceivable human emotion, dark depression and exuberant joy, unashamed begging for justice. How long, Lord? Open admission of wrong. There's seven confessional Psalms, confession of sin. Impatience with God. Do your job. Can't you see what's going on down here? It's all there. Now, there's been a, a, a number of uh, people that have put the Psalms in different categories. Uh, and this is not a class on the Psalms. So, I, I mean, it's very interesting, I think. But I'm just going to give you my simplified version of the categories of Psalms. So here's five types of Psalms. Uh, and uh, my percentages. So uh, it begins with the wisdom psalms, uh, 5%. These are the, the psalms that express our desire for direction in life. Uh, this is Psalms 1. I want to be like the tree. I'm gonna, that's the direction I'm going to set for life. Uh, psalm 119, the longest psalm in the Bible. Uh, you know, uh, this... They're just praising God for how wonderful his word is because it gives me direction for life. So these are, these are the wisdom psalms. And then there's the royal psalms. What have we got? 11%. When I pray the royal psalms, and, and there's, uh, there, there's like a, a several that are coronation psalms for the king who is being coronated, or uh, there's a, a wedding psalm for a king that's getting married. Uh, these are all messianic to me. Uh, I pray these uh, with Jesus as the Messiah. 
the anointed one. Um, the royal psalms. There, uh, 13% are Thanksgiving psalms. Uh, these are wonderful. I love the Thanksgiving psalms. Uh, and, and then the hymns and praise is 15%, and these are even more wonderful. Uh, what do you think that big blob is there? Yeah. Lament. Isn't that interesting? More than half of the book of Psalms is lament. Some have, have said it's as much as 70% in their, in their reckoning, and I would not dispute them. The laments teach us how to express sorrow and pain and confusion and anger and doubt and hatred. Every conceivable emotion is expressed in the Psalms. There's a certain category of uh, lament psalms that are uh, somewhat problematic for Christians. The uh, imprecatory psalms are called, or I like to call them the cussing psalms. Is this measured by chapter, or could one chapter have a mixture? Uh, yeah, thank you, Mark. Yeah, uh, you'll find a, an individual psalm sometimes will be half lament and half praise. And so, yeah, there's not, it's not a real clear-cut way to divide them. Okay. Uh, they weren't written to be divided. Um, so this, so just kind of consider this a simplistic view of, okay. of the psalms. Yeah, thank you for asking. But uh, think about the cussing psalms. Uh, just consider for a moment the absolute worst injustice that you can imagine. And it, once you imagine it, you don't want to imagine it for long because there are some absolutely horrific things that happen to humanity. The psalms allow us to pray through those events. Um, okay. The church, I believe, uh, needs to learn to lament. Byron, yeah. So much of the lament psalms, is, and you you referenced it in Psalm two or three, the church using kind of very nationalistic the nations, or and they may yeah they so, apply so it to those who would oppose the kingdom. You have a very similar thing with lament. Um, you have a lot of language about enemy or those who are oppressing me, that kind of stuff, very um, anti-Israel sort of language. Mm -hmm. uh, in Particularly in public reading, it almost seems that before you start, you have to give so much explana explanation about what these words, that, you know, how do we, how do we uh, receive them? Do you have a, have you found path that helps people kind of grasp um, our enemies are different now our, we're not a nation any longer we're a, we're a global kingdom we're how do you yeah th thank you Alan I don't um, yeah I don't try to explain a whole lot uh, if people want to talk to me we can we can talk about broader implications uh, yeah I uh, you know and there are some psalms that are difficult to pray in public uh, Psalm 137, you know, bash the baby's children or the children's heads against the rocks. I'm not sure I want to use that one on Sunday morning, you know. And yet, the uh, synagogue did. Yeah, oh yeah. 
Well, and, and, there, and it's, it's, it's an appropriate psalm because, like I said, you just think about the most horrible thing you can imagine. For those people, that's what the Babylonians did to their children. They ripped open their pregnant women. And so as they're praying, they're asking God, do the same thing to them that they did to us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't try to explain a whole lot uh, in the Psalms. I like people to wrestle. Uh, let's, let me say a word about lament. Uh, we had a, a situation happen just nine days ago. We had a, a young man who's a pilot. He, he's a pilot for a living. And his, uh, he was uh, flying a twin engine that crashed. Uh, they, they got him out of the plane. He's now in critical care ICU in, in terrible, terrible shape. Um, and, and so we, we called a prayer meeting. Um, and how do you pray in that situation? The Psalms tell us you lament. And so we created a lament service. We had an, we had an element for you know, asking for God to do something miraculous. But we can't just pretend like everything's okay when it's not okay. And so, so we, uh, let me, I'll quickly guide you through what we did. Uh, how did that get there? <laughs> hmm. Okay, well, let me get lament back. There it is. Okay, we'll just do this without PowerPoint. Look over at Psalm 42. I'll go ahead and read this one. As the deer pants for streams of water, my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, my God. Can't you feel what's going on for this guy? He wants to praise. He remembers praise, but he's not, he's not there now. So we, so we read that section of the lament. And then we sang uh, As the Deer. You know, there's two versions to As the Deer. One of them is uh, kind of a rainbows and butterflies version, which is fine. I mean, I like that song. Uh, but that's not a lament. But uh, somebody wrote, uh, rewrote As the Deer as a lament. And I pour out my soul deep within me. Deep within me, I pour out my soul. So we sang that. And then we read more of the song. <coughs> Verse 6. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to God, to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And then we sang that beautiful lament, deep calls to deep. From the depths of my soul I cry out. 
Where are you? Or, Save me, the waters are over my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there is a, uh, there is a power in lament as we learn to express our just those terrible feelings of grief and pain and anguish and suffering and loss as we learn to express those. Uh, so I discovered personally the power of lament in 1994. I was in a, a season of uh, depression. Uh, I'm a preaching minister and that happens, you know, sometimes. <laughs> but I was in the pit. I, I took six weeks off of preaching. Uh, I went to a, see a counselor. Uh, I started reading books, which is my uh, standard answer for everything. Uh, you know, if you're, you know, see what everybody else had to say about it. So I read all these Christian books on depression, which were really terrible. I mean, there's just so many bad books out there on depression. They were not helpful. Uh, and then I, I did a Bible study, I, I, uh, which is um, my, also my go-to, you know, let's study this. So I studied depressed people of the Bible. Wow, there's a bunch of them. Uh, that, was, that was encouraging. Uh, I mean, some really, some really heroes of faith kind of people asked God to kill them. I mean, that's how depressed they got. Okay, well, and then I discovered Psalm 88. So flip over to Psalm 88. Almost all of the lament psalms in the way Psalm 42 does. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, but I'm still going to praise you, Lord. You know, we kind of have this little lift right at the end, which, which is really great. I mean, that's a declaration of faith. Psalm 88 is unique in that there is none of that. Look at this. Lord, you're the one who saves me. Day and night, I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I'm overwhelmed with troubles, and my life draws near to death. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm like one without strength. I'm set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You've overwhelmed me with all your waves. You've taken from me my closest friends and made me repulsive to them. I'm confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord. Every day I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness and destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth, I've suffered and been close to death. I've borne your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long, they surround me like a flood. They've completely engulfed me. You've taken from me. Friend and neighbor, darkness is my closest friend. In Jesus' name, amen. He doesn't always say that, but that's the end of his prayer. Darkness is my closest friend. I read that and I thought, oh, he gets it. He's, he's looking up. He's in a pit. And he looks up. He knows, he knows there's a hole up there, but he can't see it. He just, he just wants to see it. Did you notice how many times he mentions, I'm crying out to you, Lord? This, is, this dark, depressing psalm 
Sounds hopeless, but it's not. He's hanging on in the only way that he can. I don't think it's a one-time thing either. Um, I mean, depression, you can't get over it just one time, one night. Um, God knows all of our thoughts. He knows everything. And this is to help us express what we might know, but we have to dig down deep and, and turn back to God. God we're trying to ex express it. Again, you know, <laughs> he knows. We, we, it just helps us express That's back it. to him, even though he knows That's it, what exactly. we're going through. But we have, by expressing, we heal. It gives us words. The Psalms teach us how to pray. They give us the words to pray. Uh, Eugene Peterson said uh, 65 books give us a word from God. One book gives us words to use in prayer to God. It's unique in that regard. Okay, speaking of Peterson. There he is. Okay. Uh, this book changed my life. And I don't say those, you know, how many books have you read that changed your life? Uh, not many. Uh, this one did, and it's not the best book he ever wrote. Uh, there's other books I've really enjoyed much more and, and learned much more from, but this one got a hold of me and wouldn't let go of me. It's called uh, Answering God. The Psalms is Tools for Prayer. I read this in uh, 2005, and, uh, and, and it, the only reason I read it was because I love Eugene Peterson, and I bought the book, and it was sitting on my shelf, and one day I grabbed it because it's little, and, and I just read it. And, and man, the thing got a hold of me. Here's a, okay, here's one thing he writes. Prayers are tools, but with this clarification, prayers are not tools for doing or getting, but for being and becoming. Ah, that's what prayer is. And then he continues. Prayers are tools that God uses to work his will in our bodies and souls. Prayers are tools that we use to collaborate in his work with us. The Psalms are the requisite toolbox. The Psalms are the best tools available for working the faith. 150 carefully crafted prayers that deal with the great variety of operations that God carries on in us and attend to all the parts of our lives that are at various times and in different ways, rebelling and trusting hurting, and praising. Peterson uh, invited me uh, to pray Psalms 1 through 150 in order. Just pray the Psalms straight through. Well, I didn't know how to do that, and frankly, he didn't really teach me. Uh, it's a very short book. It was just a challenge. I thought, all right. So I did it the best way I knew how. I got my journal, and I pray through, I don't know, five, six psalms, and write my reflections, and call it good. And the whole time I'm thinking, am I doing this right? I mean, is this, is this how you pray the psalms? I don't know. Nobody ever taught me. Um, but Peterson wrote this. I don't mean to suggest that the psalms are easy. Prayer is not easy. But the practice of millions of Christians through the centuries of use is adequate proof that we do not have to acquire expertise in the Psalms before we use them. They themselves, prayers that train us 
in prayer are the means to proficiency. So I kept praying the Psalms, however I could. I love that uh, Randy Harris quote, uh, pray as you can, not as you should. You guys heard that? Uh, so I do not claim to know how to pray the Psalms. I just pray the Psalms. And I encourage people to, do so, uh, to, uh, to, to join me. Uh, in fact, uh, I've kind of become somewhat of a, I don't know, a cheerleader. I, I, I want to get as many people as I can praying the Psalms. Uh, however you can. That's how we pray the Psalms. Now, uh, th there are some, uh, some guidance that I found helpful. Uh, you may have noticed in, uh, in your Bibles these little superscriptions. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, if, if you're reading a, a, you know online Bible or something, they, they don't have them. They're, they're not part of the text. They, the Psalms went through lots of rearranging and editing, and, you know, uh, and so uh, these were added on along the way. Uh, but uh, some of them are not helpful at all. We don't know what they're talking about. Here we got, uh, for the director of music to the tune of Lilies, I'm sure it's beautiful, but <laughs> of the sons of Korah, a masquil, we have no idea what that is. A wedding song, okay, well that might be helpful. This is gonna be a royal song. Or Psalm 46 for the director of music of the sons of Korah, according to the Alamoth, uh, nobody knows what that is. A song, eh, not really helpful. Let's see what else we got. Psalm 18, for the director of music of David, the servant of the Lord, he sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, and then we have the psalm. Now, this one's actually helpful. Uh, we're uh, running out of time, so let me just read a little bit. Look at Psalm 18. This, the context is from 2 Samuel 22. In fact, the psalm is found there as well as in Psalm 18. So we have a little context for the psalm. This is a psalm of David as uh, he is reflecting on all that God has done in rescuing him. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who's worthy of praise and I've been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his canopy, his covering, his canopy around him. The dark rain clouds of the sky, out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven, the voice of the Most High resounded. He shot arrows and scattered the enemy with great bolts of lightning. He routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed, and the foundations of the earth lay bare at your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out. Of the deep waters, he rescued me from my powerful enemies, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me. 
because he delighted in me. And we can keep going. But you, you see what's happened. Oh, I love this, this poetic description of what God did to save him when he was, he was doomed. And he cried out to God and God came down and rescued him. And so he wrote this beautiful psalm of praise. Uh, Walter Brueggemann gives three categories for psalms that I find helpful. Uh, orientation, disorientation, new orientation. So orientation is when everything is going great. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that everything is great. Uh, disorientation is when everything is falling apart. Help me, God, is the prayer. Lament. New orientation is where the psalmist has been in distress, he's been disordered, he's cried out to God, and God has answered, and now he has a new orientation on life, and it's celebratory. Uh, of course, new orientation becomes orientation, and then we start all over again. But, but, but anyway, regardless, you've got three categories, and I think those might be helpful. They've helped me in, uh, in praying the psalms. Uh, Psalm 18, of course, is new orientation. Um, what the, do we end at a quarter of? Is that right? Okay, I got about seven minutes. Uh, here's another one, uh, Psalm 51. For the director of music, a psalm of David, when the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. That's a very helpful superscription. When you read Psalm 51, and we won't take the time to read it now, but when you read Psalm 51, it's this, this, this cry of confession of sin. Against you, against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Well, David sinned against, he sinned against everybody. But in this confession, it's God. God is the one he's broken covenant with. He's, he's violated what he said he would never do. Uh, yeah, so Psalm 51, I found this to be uh, helpful. Do you have a theory on, I, I would love a subscription superscription like this on every side. Oh, you, you have read my mind, Alan. Hold that thought. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> because that's exactly what I, where I was headed. I wanted something like this for every soul. Yeah. And they're just not there. You know, you get a few insights. Some of them are not helpful at all. Uh, I don't know what they were thinking when they wrote those. Uh, but yeah, that was what I wanted. And so I began to search and, you know, like I do, I read everything I could get my hands on. I, surely, I mean, somebody's written a book on this, right? That will guide you through every psalm. Here's a way to pray every psalm in the Bible. So I started searching. Here's some that I found helpful. Um, you, uh, Glenn Pemberton is, a, 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 I think he's a former professor at ACU. I don't think he's teaching anymore. He's had uh, terrific uh, health problems as well as other uh, terrible things happen, but he wrote some uh, just a wonderful book on how to pray the psalm, uh, pray the lament psalm. So hurting with God. So that that gave me some help on some selected lament psalms. And on the other side, Marva Dawn, uh, she did the same thing. Uh, Marva Dawn has uh, uh, well, she she died here recently, but but she had uh, just horrible health issues. Uh, she was confined to a wheelchair. Her, her muscles were deteriorating, and the only exercise she could do was swimming. And so she would swim laps every morning, and she uh, started praying the Psalms while she's swimming laps. Would you believe she memorized all 150 Psalms swimming laps? She's my hero. 
Uh, but Marva wrote uh, just a great book on praying uh, certain lament psalms. And then uh, Eugene Peterson, uh, my, my psalm praying hero for sure, uh, he wrote uh, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, which is a, a way to pray the Psalms of Ascents, which is uh, Psalm 120 through 134. Um, but no, I, could, I couldn't find anybody that had told me how to pray the whole thing. Everybody tells me snatches and bits. Uh, at the time that I was uh, doing this, I was meeting with three prayer groups on a weekly basis. And so we would begin each of our prayer meetings with a psalm. So we would pray a psalm, and then we would begin our, our prayers of intercession or whatever we were doing in, in those particular prayer groups. Uh, I began to give a way to pray each psalm. So I would scratch out something, and then we would, say, then we would pray. So let me read you uh, one of them, and then we'll pray Psalm 10 if somebody wants to get that one open. In North Korea... 80 people were executed by firing squad for some minor offenses, as watching foreign films or possessing a Bible. The execution of 33 others for planning to start underground churches has also been ordered, as the brutal tyrant Kim Jong-un continues to murder anyone he perceives as a threat to his complete control of the country. How can one pray in the midst of such terror Psalm 10 is a prayer for justice when evil has the upper hand, and it appears there's no way for justice to triumph. Pray this prayer for the many around the world who are suffering persecution for their faith. Who, who would read Psalm 10 for us? Anybody got it? Okay, Barry, read that and let's pray this. Why do you stand upon our awful Lord? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes which they have devised. For the wicked boast of the desires of his heart, and the man greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his countenance, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. His ways prosper at all times. Thy judgments are on high out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them. He thinks in his heart, I shall not be moved throughout all generations. I shall not meet adversity. His mouth is filled with cursings and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. He sits in ambush in the villages. In hiding places, he murders the innocent. His eyes steadily watch for the hapless. He looks in secret like a lion in his covert. He looks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when they draw him into his net. The hapless is crushed, sinks down, and falls by his might. He thinks in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord. O God, lift up thy hand. Forget not the afflicted. Why does the wicked renounce God and say in his heart, Thou wilt not call to account? You do not see, yes, thou dost note trouble and vexation that thou mayest take it into thy hands. The hapless commits himself to thee. Thou hast been the helper of the fatherless. Break thou the arm of the wicked and evildoer. Seek out his wickedness till thou find none. 
The Lord is king forever and ever. The nation shall perish from his land. O Lord, thou wilt hear the desire of the meek. Thou wilt strengthen thy heart. Thou wilt incline thy ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. Amen. God, be with those suffering injustice. Um, I couldn't find the book, so I wrote it. I thought maybe, maybe God's telling me I need to write this book, so I did. 2021, I published the book I've been trying to find for 10 years. This is a guide for praying uh, all 150 psalms, and I got them here. You get it for $15.99 on Amazon. You can buy it from me for $10. If that's too much, just give me whatever you got. And if you, and if you really can't afford it, just take it. Because I told my publisher, I said, I really don't care to make any money on it. I just want people praying the Psalms. And I think this book really will help uh, get, get people started, give them a, a starting place. Okay, our time's up. We have to tell you how it ends. Everything ends in hallelujah. I love the ending of Psalms. You pray all the way through Psalms, and the last five, man. They, each, each Psalm begins with hallelujah and ends with hallelujah. It's translated praise the Lord, but it's hallelujah. And you work your way through, and finally you finally come to Psalm 150. And every verse begins with hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everything ends in hallelujah. We begin wanting to become a tree and by the end, we are celebrating, praising our God for what he has done. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming. Amen. 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 Amen.